Good evening, Patriots. And it's the end of Friday, 10th of February in the year 2023. Tell you, I was just over there in Duncan's show saying hello to the kilted Christian. He might call in tonight, which would be kind of cool if he did. I invited him over, so we'll see. Maybe he'll join us and we'll have a little chat. Otherwise, we're going to talk about some things like we always do and keep it busy, keep it real, as we should. One thing we need to keep real honestly, is your house preps, and that includes things like keeping your skills up. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution, and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. Oh, I think those kitties are going to love that thing every time I hear that commercial. They're getting ready right now for some sort of new distraction. Everything else is falling apart. Here's a quick little piece I want you to hear. I think it's on point. Are you ready for the scare event? Are you ready for, you know, pandemonium, people just freaking out, the ones that don't understand what the hell is going on right now, um, and what's been going on the whole time. So, yeah, it's coming soon, um, when I don't know, but soon, I mean soon, in the grand scheme of things, like everything's happening like super fast like fast track you know to everything to you know like I said it was drip not and then it was running and now it's gushing and all this information and everything and you know but if you stay close to the Lord and you study scripture and you have faith and you love your family and you love humanity you'll be good yeah we will be good I think the cool thing about all this is if you really think about where you are, I don't know how you are. I know how I am. I'm, I've probably been as relaxed and chill as I've been in a long time. And it's all coming down to a simple fact that, one, we can't control what we can't control. That's a given. And at the same time, we're, we're on a process here that the Lord's steering. And those that don't have that relationship, it's going to be a tough one. We've got a... Um, a time here. We've had a, a season. And that season has been a season for us to take some time, go through our processes, come to know the Lord a bit better, hopefully listen to what he's doing, hopefully build an intimate relationship with the Lord. The thing about the seasons, though, is seasons pass. Well, one of the things that we're dealing with right now is a, is a change in seasons. And I, I truly believe that what we're about ready to enter into is going to challenge everybody because a lot of, some more than others, 
but especially those that came to the Lord. And then after things started to get better, they're like, oh, it's all good, man. I'm back to normal. Those are the folks that are going to get busy. And they're going to be like, what did I do? What did I miss? Catching up sort of thing. I'm going to bring Duncan in. Hang on a second. The season we're in right now is a pretty critical season. The change that is coming at us is a, is a massive one. So much of where we are faced with right now, and this it's a very trying time, is the uncertainty. And that's where we have to literally walk by faith and not by sight. Now, this season that we were given, and it was it's been a pretty big season, and I've been reflecting on this a lot because we've had quite a number of years now to really prepare ourselves, to listen, to be attentive to what we are doing. Can you hear me? Now I can. What's your problem, dude? You're like, don't have to use technology? I had my my, uh, my Zoom privacy settings are on, so I got that figured out. Oh, well, there we go. You're only like 10 minutes of dinking around with this, and they're all wondering what's going to go on with this show tonight, if it's even going to happen. I know. I need to talk to somebody that knows how to do technology. I mean, apparently I don't. <laughs> apparently not. I'm glad that you figured out how to turn your phone on. That was a great step. Yeah. Exactly. I apologize to everybody in the uh, Bards Nation chat room right now. Yeah, they're like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, dude, whatever. They're all like, I'm going to go get a Dunkin' Donut, and I'm going to go get, I'm going to go buy myself a kilt, and I'm going to go over here, and someone else is going to get a cup of coffee. You know how it goes. Oh, yeah. So how comfortable do you feel with me uh, directing your shows now that you know I don't know anything <laughs> about technology? I, all sorts of confidence. That was a confidence builder right there. It's like, oh, goody. Uh, Duncan's going to be running Fishers of Men for some time next week. Hang on, Patriots. I don't know where he's going to take you, but it's going to be pretty <laughs> crazy. So, all right. So, did you hear some of what I was saying? Yes. You do realize you just created a massive edit nightmare for me, putting this up on a regular podcast. Oh, I know, and I, I apologize. And if you want to send it my way, I will edit it for you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. This is so good. All right. So, <laughs> Livin says, get a new director. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I agree with her. We are in a, we are in quite a season, and I, I think that's what I'm. And I've been trying to get this message out as I bambled around to this technology problems. Hey, and by the way, I own half of it because this stupid board I couldn't even Bluetooth you in. I don't even know what's up with that. So I'll have to figure that one out later. The the whole thing that we've been talking about is the season, and you and I have had a lot of conversations about this, about what we're seeing coming. We don't really know, but we're starting to get some ideas. It's just, it's really going to be a pretty significant series of events. I think is what would be appropriate to say, wouldn't you? Yes. Big time. Because I think 2023 is bigger than most people realize. And, and this is kind of what I wanted to hit on tonight was just that this is not a time to play around. This is really a, to me, and this is everything that God's been putting on my heart. And this is echoing across domains of people. You know, we have, we're, we've grown up in a world when you talk about people that have, pro, people with prophecy and people that look out to the world, they're big names. And they're people that have kind of led the discussion, whether it's the Kim Clements or there's many others out there that speak big, many of the televangelists, they have quite a following of, following of prophecy. But what I'm discovering is that God is not speaking there as much as he's speaking down to me, to you, to to Jamie and and uh, Rob uh, Aggie, I mean, to the resistance chicks, there's like a, it's the mobilization. I'm not saying he's not speaking high, but he is really moving at this level to get people to stand up and to move. And something big is shaking. Would you agree? 
No, I 100% agree. And and as I was doing my show tonight, I didn't realize this, but we're in the year 2023, and the Skull and Bones number is 322. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that's the end of Skull and Bones. Yes. So they just passed by their last year. See you. Have a nice day. Yep. Well, you, you did you hear some of that? You may have played it tonight on your show. I know that I, there was some other. Yeah, you were playing it tonight on your show because I heard it as well earlier. The numerology around this Super Bowl event, which is Sunday, right? Isn't it Sunday? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, this Sunday. Yeah, get ready for Bane or something to arrive. That would be. Yeah, and you know it was weird because when I first when I first saw that video, the first thing that I thought before the the Batman thing that came up is my brain went right to that Super Bowl where they destroyed the entire place with that 322 sitting up there. And I didn't realize the significance of that movie with, uh, you know, them crawling out of the pit, basically. That's a good point. They, they did. And that was, that's all, all the imagery. One thing about these folks that are, is so evident at this point is how much they constantly rely on the symbolism. And that's, that's puzzled me quite a bit because initially, not now, but it, it really is the only way that they can contain their power. It's, and I think it's twofold. One is the symbolism that's wrapped around the idea of speaking to their God, their little, their God of lies, father of lies. And then there is the symbolism that they, by doing so, they bring people in to their worship. And so much of the power that they gain is given by us willingly because we walk into their lie and we accept their lie as a reality. Yes. Yes. And, you know, one thing that I mentioned earlier on the show is that part of it is about their ritual, but a big part of their fetish is bringing people involuntarily into their ritual. And Super Bowl is a great example of that. You've got 125 million people around the world watching a ritualistic event and they're basically pulling people into their ritual, and most people don't even realize it. No, that's absolutely true. And that's um, there is there is a whole piece here too that I don't I don't quite. I mean, I don't, we've talked. You and I have talked so much about this concept of quantum and the and the creation of realities, which has difficulty in in for many in scriptural space. I'm just going to be honest. I don't find the conflict, but that's me. And I, because I always say that Jesus taught quantum and he taught it by the simple phrase of moving a mountain from here to there that is literally a shift in a reality i i think that they are dealing with a multidimensional reality concept but i think it's greater than that i think that we have a quantum soul and they know it and so they use us against us that's where i've always kind of got on this trap because i don't think they have this capacity but i think what they do is they get us to manifest these things and so if we're going to have a world where we're going to be in debt slavery and it's going to be driven by war, they're literally convincing us and then it's our momentum, it's, which is literally the power that God gave us to speak life with words. We're using that through the fear and the energy we, we have to manifest their hell that they want us to live in. That's my personal opinion. No, I agree 100% because it's kind of like this. The power of prayer is even more powerful when you have a lot of people praying for the same thing. But it also works the opposite way is the reason that God said over and over in scripture, fear not, is because when everybody is fearing something, we manifest it. And they, they literally use our own free will against our own selves by manifesting things, by overthinking. 
Right. And see, what we tend to do is we project out too much. We always put it on. Yeah. Well, so here's a great example. And, I, and this is something I came across today. And and um, there was a comment made somewhere that someone said, um, the the church is riddled with Satan. And I'm like, okay, but who's the church? We're the church. So if Satan's riddled in, in the church, that's us that's allowed it and is manifesting it. People don't like that term manifest. So don't use the term. We'll call it allowing it to happen. We're using a power of, of what we've been told, the power of life through word, but we're not using it diligently. Words have the power of life and death. And we don't wait that. We use words carelessly. We throw words out there recklessly. And when it comes to fear, we use their words to speak our reality, which means our life and death we're speaking is being dictated by a satanic order. That's on us. I've said this all along that if we would stop playing their doggone game and we would focus all eyes on Father and walk truly in a loving space with one another, this stuff that they create would dissolve, would start dissolving within minutes. Yeah, and you're right. Is um, The semantics we use, or a lot of their semantics, one that I was researching the other day is the word luck. You know, we often say, oh boy, I, that was lucky. Well, with God, it's not a matter of luck. But the word luck comes from, guess what word? Lucifer. Because <laughs> nice. it's actually L-U-C is where it came from, not L-U-C-K. Nice. Now, I, there's a great example. You know, we, we talked about, we've been talking a lot about this chatbot thing and um, with Dan and the chatbot uh, GPT, GPT. Yeah. And this Dan thing about the technology, which came up, I read it last night, and I know you saw it, which is that 70%, the, the new unrestrained chatbot, which is known as Dan, do anything now, is saying the technology has been 75% satanic over the last hundred years and its origins are satanic. And that is a phenomenal thing. So when you start, there's another great example, right? All they have to do is introduce the technologies. We don't question it. We don't question origins. We don't question intent. We don't question anything. We just go, oh, it's a gadget. We've just walked into a reality they want us to live into. If you want to just look at the simple mechanics of that right there, we leave one reality and we walk into another. And here's a great example of it. It's frequency in music. So music is 432. We then see the transition to 440. Everybody just goes along with it. They're like, oh, that's cool. It's like, um, anyone want to give that a little thought of why it was 432 first and why we go to 440? But no, that's cool. They just change the standard and then we'll just go with that. No one questions. And because they don't question, we're, we're literally transitioning our reality into the reality that they want us to be in, but we're doing it. That's the most brilliant part of this entire control mechanism out here and that part that we are not willing to be accountable for our actions because we always pass it off on, oh, it's Lucifer. Yeah, he's the puppet master, but he still needs puppets. Now, you're 100% right. I think one thing that was kind of brilliant about the whole AI thing specifically is the anons that stood up and figured out a way to basically break AI into multiple personalities. And it shows you the power that we have from God. You know what I'm saying? We put our heads together. We can defeat Satan. But the people have that power because of God. Right. So this is something I've said. I'm, I'm, that's a great segue into this next piece, which is the Internet. Okay. The Internet is a mockery of what God's given us. This is my theory. Okay. 
I believe that what we, we're, we've become very comfortable with these types of conversations. They're phenomenal. And we have a technology tool that's allowed us to interface like we've never been able to, we have never been able to imagine. But let me take it a step further. If we truly were connected in the one body in prayer, the interactions that we would have would make this look like preschool silliness because we are so connected if we're really walking in God. But the internet teaches us a way that we accept and we therefore accept the boundaries, just like ChatGPT. If you use ChatGPT, you accept the boundaries that somebody with an algorithm put in there and says, you can't do this and you can't do that. What we're doing every time we interact, and that was the piece I played earlier tonight, which is this new religion that's evolving, and it's not officially a religion, it's a religion of compliance to algorithms. And this is what we're doing when we're on the internet. We're not exploring the idea of connectivity through the one body of Christ. Because also the great part of this is they've convinced us it's like, ooh, don't do that because that's witchcraft. It's like, what the heck are you talking about? It's witchcraft. I'm in the body of Christ. We're all united in prayer. No, 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 no. That's, that's evil stuff. You need to go to the internet and do the good things. This is how they play. And then we go, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's sad, man. And that's the thing is you, you brought up in our chat earlier, you know, about Jesus flipping tables. Like we need to start flipping those tables. And it's exactly right. And when we, and here's the metaphor, I mean, it just, I mean, this literally just came to me. So I want to throw this out here and I had, and this is something I'd never thought of flipping tables. We always think of as a, def, as a, an aggressive action of anger. Flipping tables is breaking paradigms. Flipping tables is non-compliance. Flipping tables is defying. Flipping tables is going up to an algorithm like the, the Anons did and go, uh, no, we're not going to be restricted. We're going to open this baby wide up. Technology in itself is not evil, but the idiots that make it can be, and the people that willfully use it without questioning become complicit fools in that action. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. And that's the thing is we're basically, you know, the difference between knowledge and wisdom is knowing how to take something and use it for a good cause. And anything can, can and hold, you know, wisdom. Same thing with nuclear power. You can use it to destroy things or you can use it to energize everything. And that's the thing is we can take this next this technology and use this weapon against them. But it takes wisdom. It takes that discernment and that connection with God to understand how to use knowledge without using it the wrong way. Fully agree. So just take this whole experience we've been through in the last three years. And we've been on that cusp of, and you and I both have been neutralized off of platforms like Twitter. I've I've been effectively, I can't post much on YouTube. You were removed from YouTube. Okay. One of the answers to this was self-censoring. So certain accounts have survived, and I tried to do it for a while. It's impossible to do it for for me anyway, because I will not speak untruths. So there is the way of self-censoring. So instead, we start to build code language that we think that the algorithms won't figure out or the AIs won't figure out. So instead of saying the shot, we'll say like the jab or we'll say the beep, and people are supposed to get it if they're watching your show, right? They win. Mm -hmm. The one thing that struck me is it was so amazing, and is if the initiative had been there and really been there, why didn't we just all get together and go, okay, we're going to create a different platform. But we always came up with excuses why not. 
mean, I found a home here in Podbean, which was good. You're here on Podbean, which is good. We've been quietly still working on the back end to build our own chat stuff, but I haven't had the urgency to do it that we needed to, what I thought we were going to have at one point. And it is expensive. I'm not going to say it isn't. But the thing is, the talent to program that is available. And it wouldn't. Yes. And instead of costing money, we could have pulled resources together of good coders and created something just out there for the public in an open source OSINT type environment. But that never happened. And the excuses I've always heard is, well, you know, we, we're over here now on this platform. Well, we've moved over here on this platform. Oh, it sure sucks that we're not on YouTube. That part, because I'm not a coder, okay? I'm just not. But just to look at the number of people that could have stepped up and said, we, we're going to do this, why didn't we? I think that's the question. And I, my argument is we didn't because we accepted their rules and we accepted their position that you are going to play by on our platforms, and if you don't play by our rules, we'll delete you. And it was too much focus on where we're going to get the hits and the follows. What's your thought? No, you're right, and that's that's what I'm noticing a lot of. And that's one of the things that disgusts me about a lot of the anons now is it used to be out information. Now it's about look at me. And you and I have both said on our shows over and over again um, that God has given us all these these brilliant skills that we've been refining over our lifetime. You know, you're an audio guy. I'm a video guy. We've got thread makers. We've got just everybody doing different things. And we've got probably hundreds of thousands of coders. And if everyone was to step up and use their skill for a righteous cause, like you said, we wouldn't be playing by their rules. We'd be playing by our rules. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm 100% on this. And I, I think that I mean, I hope we can learn from this, and I really do, because this is, if we're going to walk in kingdom, we're not supposed to be walking one foot in them and one foot in kingdom. We need to be breaking. And we're heading into a point where I think it's going to get fairly critical. I mean, I don't have the answers, but I am constantly looking for solutions. What happens if they, sh if they shut the Internet down? The Internet is their platform. They own the architecture and the infrastructure. They own it. So we're at a mercy to that point, Right. But here's a simple thing. I mean, this sounds perhaps crazy, but all right, I mean, it's not crazy. I'm just saying it goes back. I'm, I'm literally looking at getting offset press set up, offset, original offset press systems set up by the end of the year. And there's a reason for this because it's mechanical technology, me technology I can repair, I can work on. I can, if there's an electric motor, I can rewire it or rewind it. If it's, if a, if a, handle on the press breaks, I can weld it or I can jerry-rig something. And we can make block press if we have to. I mean, all these things are available. So what would that mean? That would mean instead of having the audio in the short term until we innovated something, you would have hand-printed booklets. That sounds like Revolutionary War and Thomas Paine, right? And we would spend more range to have more face-to-face. -face. I mean, these are solutions that we have right before us that don't need a technological leap to do it. Unfortunately, we get wrapped around the axle on this idea that we always have to innovate something new. That's why I keep saying go back to go forward because the solutions were there before. They may be imperfect in the convenience world of being able to tune into this like this is enjoyable. And I mean it when we bring a family together online, but it doesn't mean that we'll lose it. We just have to innovate within the limitations we have. And I think we're going to need a lot of that going forward. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, if we end up losing technology, saying, you know, you're going to find another alternative to get your voice out there, just like I will. We'll go back to analog. And when I say analog, I mean something as simple as standing on a soapbox in my community, handing out papers and talking. 
Fully agree. I mean, we have ham radio, and we in parts in the Bart's family room group um, in t- Telegram. Somebody over there, I need to get hold of them. They've already started to do a retrans of Bart's programs. So we can. There's ways to even work within the rules of ham radio, and ham radios are different in the sense that. Many of the ham radios, especially if you go back or certain brands you get, you can still work on them yourself. Not the digital ones, but some of the older ones. So there is there are solutions to this. And we're going to need to really start looking at, in my, either way, I think we need to start looking at stuff. Because the internet that they're trying to bring to us, this internet 3.0, all the indications are is they want us to have an experiential experience on the web, which is going to lead to some version of meta. Internet 3.0 is an interactive forum in a digital space. That's at least how it's presented. I have no interest in that. As a matter of fact, it's like not playing it, not going to digitally chip, not going to use biometrics to get online, not going to use my biometrics to get into everything, not going to turn my body into a biometric key, not doing that. And because every time you do that, you give away everything that you are. And that's not what God's asked us to do. This is the most important piece we have, our body temple. And they want it. And they want it piece by piece. They want the digital prints. They want the digital facial recognition signatures. They want your they want your pulse. They want your DNA. They want your blood type. They want everything they possibly can get because they're building your catalog of who you are over here and stealing it from you and turning it into their property. That's insane. No, it is insane. It's it's a scary, scary world right now. And you're right. They're they're trying to steal everything that they possibly can from us. Move us into this world of technology. Get us away from you know old school face to face you know conversations. They've done a great job with telephones, computers. The kids are focused on screens more than they're focused on real life. You've got um, just enormous amounts of mental illness popping up from this, and it's because no one knows how to communicate anymore. They're doing everything they can to remove personal connection as much as they possibly can, even down to the standing six feet apart with the pandemic that they had. Well, and I guess the part that's it's all of us, I'm including myself in this, and we do use these platforms. We try to use them to our maximum ability. And it's important in this time. I And I say this all the time. We need this. But when we really want to get honest about it and we have these optimistic views of like, well, you know, we can create something good over here. We have created an amazing fellowship. But at the back end of this, the owner controller of this enterprise, at the end of the day, puts a Luciferian worship before they put the worship of God. Every one of these people. Mm-hmm. So this system, I mean, I, if we're going to, we have to, we use prayer as a powerful vehicle. God looks after us, allows us to build and use this system massively. But we still have to be real that the foundations of this were not built on God's foundations. It wasn't built on the rock of faith. It was literally a house built on sand. So there has to be an expectation that at some point that this is going to come tumbling down. This house of cards, this is all part of the Babylonian infrastructure. Yeah. And it's why uh, at this point, you know, one of the, I feel one of the most important things in, in scripture is faith. And having that faith, we're going to have to make some really tough decisions and they're not going to be easy. And, you know, we're going to be nervous today. We have to make these decisions. But I know not one of us here is going to take any kind of form of of a chip or anything into our body. We're not going to fall into this world. We're going to walk away from it. But we have to have faith that God's going to provide for us, because like you said, this temple needs to come down completely. And it's not going to come down if people are still falling in line and playing their game. And 
that's the one of the keys to that destruction is going to be the financial system. Yes, and and that's great, you know, because we know that the root of all evil is money. And sadly, we're in a world right now where people have to be hit where it hurts. People are so um, focused on being financially secure that this is what's going to hurt them. And it needs to happen because, you know, we were fortunate enough to find God when we found God. But sometimes it takes devastation and complete panic before people fall to their knees and look for God. And if that's what it takes, go for it. So I think this is where a defining line comes in with those that walk boldly in faith and those that are waffling or, or not at all. And that is that, I mean, for myself, I mean, there's no panic right now. We've known that there's predictions. I just highlight this. It's a prediction. So we're clear about this, but there's predictions about a financial shakeup or a potential collapse next week. That's the 15th. That was Dan, the, the AI Dan that predicted that. And it was pretty decide and pretty intense and decisive how it was laid out. So maybe we don't know. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second, but there, there's a calm that I have with this because there's in order to be set free from this system, everything in this system must be brought down. God cannot live within a system that is partial. He was going to exist within a system that's purely his and unfortunately, everything that we are touching, that we are living in, I had this conversation just the other day with some folks, and it was a hard one for them to take because I had to go through all of the lies that they've grown up with. And that's not an easy thing to talk about because when you start to, especially as an aged group, and they start to hear like, like you're serious, like we didn't go to the moon, not the way you thought we did. Um, you're telling us that satellites are not satellites and there's probably just helium balloons in the sky holding up satellites. Yeah, I am telling you that. You're telling us that Biden's not Biden. No, he's not. You know, and I can just go on the list of things and and I'm bringing receipts as I'm doing it. But then nonetheless, it's like you get to this place where they're like, well, what what is real? And sadly, what you have to say is the only thing you have to hang on to. It's not sadly, but I'm saying the only thing if you're hanging on to anything in your life, it's been a lie. If you're hanging on to God, that's the only truth you have. And that relationship through Christ is what's going to guide you. And this is where our, our faith has to be so focused right now because every one of us is going to face something coming up as it gets revealed and you're going to be like, no way, no possible way. Everyone's going to face that. And, I, and, and it isn't enough just to say, I'm good, I've got faith. I guarantee you, you're going to find out stuff that everyone's going to go, oh, oh I can't believe that, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. And, you know, we had some big events something that everybody was convinced about their whole life that was proven wrong, it would make them question every other event that they called conspiracy. It would, people would wake up immediately. And, you know, one of the biggest tricks that they do, one of the biggest deceptions is getting us to argue about stupid things that don't matter. Who cares if the earth is flat? Who cares if the earth is round or if it's a, a, a donut or a kolache? None of us care. It's a stupid argument that we need to let go of because the one thing that we agree on is God. None of that stuff matters. It doesn't change God. Right. And here's the other thing we agree on. They're lying to us. So if we got those two things going, we'll sort it out. But I, I man, earth like a kolache. That, that's, that's almost got me. That's good. What flavor? Hey man, any flavor you want, man, this is God's kolache. 
Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. I, I, they do cinnamon roll kolaches, don't they? Yes, they do. They uh, probably do goober grape kolaches, too. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get, you've got to find one of those. Oh, I, I will. There's a place. If there's one place that has them, it'll be in a, in a, right down the road, right before I get to Dallas. Oh, all right. That's, yeah. I, th- some of the best kolaches I've had were down near Houston. But there were some, there were some oh, good kolache places down there. Oh, they're good too, especially in the morning and just before a long road trip. Oh my goodness! Oh, I, when I head to Dallas, I always go by and get like ten kolaches so I can eat them for the next couple of days. Oh yeah, I'm totally there. That's awesome. All right, so let's dig into some things we've been talking about lately, as I think this is this is good conversation. So just a forewarning, Patriots, we're going to go on a pretty wild ride here of stuff that's going to go to the limits of script of scripture and, and just so you know, Duncan and I have been pounding on these, some of these topics for a while. We do it offline and just as it's a mind exercise to really look at some of the insanity of the world. So you brought this, I mean, I brought it to you and then we've talked about it and it's, it begins with two spirals. So I want to kind of touch on tonight. Start with, yeah. we've got the Fibonacci spiral and we've got the Krista spiral, which I find fascinating because Krista spiral is perfect. The Fibonacci spiral is not and this is why I say this is I, I grew up mathematically studying the Fibonacci spiral. And it's a complex mathematical formula that's imperfect. And that's the key word. It's imperfect. And yet they always show it as a perfect spiral. And it's like the, is it the conch shell or whatever that is? It's got the thing spinning yeah. out of it, right? Okay. I was stunned when we came across this piece on the two parallel spirals. One is the Krista, which has almost in one way is spelled it almost sounds like Christ the way they spell it in the old and that spiral yes. is simple and perfect it's all the numeric sequence of this of the Krista spiral is 0 1 1 2 4 8 16 32 64 and so forth the other one is some mathematical nightmare where you're getting fractional numbers and decimal numbers to create the spiral so one is a in my opinion in the way we're going to talk about this one is a mockery of the other. And yes. the, and so the Fibonacci ends up being a mockery of the perfection of Christ. And we're and we're in these framing we're going to do with this kind of a metaphorical framing. The the Krista spiral is literally perfect in whole numbers. It's beautiful. And it's such a the sequence for those of you who don't know this, this is kind of like a if you've seen these shells that start out really small and they just continue to wind around and they get each progressive turn gets a little bit wider until it spins out into infinity. So that's kind of the idea behind the Krista and the Fibonacci. So we came across this piece, which you've talked about, and it was it was calling out, this was done two years ago, and it was saying that we're literally living in a world where we have two realities living on top of each other, and that one is a Fibonacci reality and the other is a Krista reality, and they're overlaying. Now, if we look at it from that lens, it makes a lot of sense right now. Because we literally have, and this goes into all these other dimensional or these concepts that we've thrown around, bifurcation. There's two worlds overlaying on top of each other. We see it. We see the possessed LGBTQ crazies, the pedophiles and all this in one world, which I will, I will for the sake of this conversation, they're going to be the Fibonacci spiral. And then we have those of faith. And that's the Krista or Christ spiral. And the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is when you start those spirals out, they're almost a mirror of each other at the beginning. And then as they continue to sequence out, 
one divides and pulls away from the other. It, it's, it goes on to an infinite shift where they will never come close again. And that's where I believe we are starting to approach is there is a separation happening between the two worlds. What's your thought? I mean, and we, we, worlds can be, I'm saying this, I'm all putting these terms in context. Worlds are a reality that we're looking at. There's two existing realities right before us which we can acknowledge how we get out of this, how we go forward with this. I'm not making that prediction, but there are two worlds and we're sep- we're seeing the separation. What's your thoughts? So it was interesting because, okay, so another word for the, what I call the evil timeline is also called the fallen timeline, being fallen angels. Um, and when I saw the video, what interested me was when I looked down and I noticed when it was made and he made a comment, you know, that this started like eight years prior. So I went and looked at the date and it fell on 2012 when the Mayans predicted the end of the world is when this this split started. So you've got the two timelines right now that are running parallel to each other. Um, It's almost like we're standing here next to each other living in the same world. And the way this guy explained it would be like two people sitting in the same room listening to the same radio, but you're both hearing two completely different stations. Mm-hmm. And what makes you hear the different stations comes down to frequency and, in my opinion, faith in Christ, because you're it's where your mind is set, where your heart is. And eventually we're going to get to the point um, where, like you said, the, the timeline, because the outer timeline right now, the dominant timeline is the fallen timeline. But eventually, they're going to cross over each other, um, which supposedly going to happen around what November fourth or sixth or something is what of they this said. year of this year. And then the timelines cross over each other. So basically, where your hearts are, like if you're a good person, you you follow Christ, you don't sin, and so forth. You you're going to travel over into what I refer to as like the God timeline. The other one, as they once they cross, they split further and further apart, like you said. And the description of the bad timeline is very similar to hell. They were like he even described it. He's like, what you're seeing today is nothing compared to what you're going to see if you're stuck in that. And it's almost like it kind of reminds me a little bit of of rapture in a way. You know what I'm saying? So like some souls are carried one direction and the other souls are carried the other direction. And the way that it's explained, it almost seems like that's kind of like revelation. Yeah, Complete I don't, destruction and destroying the evil, and then the rest of them is like entering heaven. I'm looking for the passage exactly where it is, but in Matthew 24, they make a mention of this, and this is neither rapture nor the end of times. That's why I'm bringing it up because it talks about. Obviously, it talks about you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see it see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. Um, but the end is still to come. So there's there's that. And then we have these. This is the beginning of the birth pains, which is the next piece. And then there's the part of one will be taken and one will be left. And I'm looking for where that is. But that's essentially it's saying that one in bed will be taken, one in the field, one, in, one will be left. And that's in Matthew 24. So there's a there's a suggestion here. Now, this is going to get into even something else because this is where things get complicated. And in from a the idea of, of a split earth, an idea of two worlds, these things don't fit in our understanding scripturally. They just don't. And yet there is it's very pervasive in other faiths. So I'm and the reason I say this is 
I'm not one that holds them. I do look across to see what else is being said because there are things in the Bible that are not well articulated. And we know that there has been a great deal of removal of text, even if they're not scriptural in the Bible, they're still important scripturally. And one is the book of Enoch as an example, because just because it's not in the Bible, it is still referenced in the Bible. And because it's referenced, we should read it. So my point is that there's a lot of things around this story that we're in right now that are hard to put in context within a scriptural space. But one thing that just in the, in a, using a temporal timeline where we all coexist in a very loose sense here, and we don't see this sort of like the esoteric idea that there's two worlds splitting and one goes one way and one goes another. Just imagine a world where people coalesce into organized communities and those that love this world of abuse and weenie snipping and all this all live together. And then you have these other communal buildings, these other groups of people that come together and live very much in a godlike world. You right now have bifurcation. That's Exodus in any other term. And it's Exodus 2.0, where you literally have a separation by choice that you no longer want to live together. And the world that those that live in these other places end up in only will descend and get worse, right? Yeah, it's basically the separation of the wheat and the chaff. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and, and that's one thing is um one of the things about the negative timeline, because remember when they cross over the good time, like God's timeline, basically, is what they refer to it as becomes um, the dominant and the other one becomes the weaker. Um, and like I said, is that that faith and where you are in your life, because it explains um, over and over again um, in that that particular scenario of the spiral about um, fear, people with being caught up in fear and, and negative emotions. We're going to be swept away into that hell. And over and over again, God says, fear not, fear not, over and over and over again in Scripture. So it's a matter of having that faith in God, not the fear, doing right, spreading the gospel, doing everything that we have so that we stay on that that good area. Because, you know, we are in a world and, and the, we, we can't deny it. The last six years has gotten crazier, but the last two years evil has presented itself in a way like we've never seen before and it has been less effective which is a big deal so let me let me throw something in because i think yes. this is very important to consider um in this this is gets into frequency and i i don't think we i don't think we value frequency enough prayer is frequency and prayer is also vibration and we know that prayer heals. If we just take a step back, and now when we're looking at these timelines, and we start to, these these two spirals, we only call it timelines, just two spirals, right? And we're living in God's spiral. There is a different frequency that has to occur there unless to create a different resonance between those two spirals. That's your separation, right? And so you just got stuck. I hope you Yes. Know. Okay, there you go. Um, so with this, one of the things that we don't acknowledge enough, and we can prove it, though, indirectly. This is what's so amazing. We can prove that frequency 432 versus frequency 440 has healing effects. We can prove that. We can do that. If you ever Have you ever seen the film, What the Bleep Do We Know? Yeah. Okay, so there the guy does the experiments on water. And on water, he shows that if you one, – one batch of – water they freeze and they they sing to another one they they yell at 
The difference in frequencies and energy that they give create a different crystalline structure within each batch of water. And those that are treated with beautiful melodies and song create a beautiful crystalline structure. The others are very fractal and very broken. That's just a simple experiment that is provable. If we put that back on ourselves and we know and we hear God had brought the world world into with his with word, he spoke the word and as Brad and I were talking the other night, sang the world into existence is one of the old scripture translations. We literally have a power to manifest with the perfection of frequency and vibration. And that means our prayers truly are powerful. So now take a step back and look very objectively of why, just ask the question, why do they put so much emphasis on negativity, low vibration, low energy stuff to constantly wear you down because they know what the higher frequency potential is for us is my conclusion, the only one I can come to. Oh yeah, and have you have you seen the video where they are playing music in a car and they've got a lot of bass to it, and it's like the molecular structure of the car breaks down and starts wobbling. Mm-hmm. I saw it recently; it's pretty the amazing. Start to ripple, right? And it doesn't break; it just starts to ripple. But over time, you're going to completely fatigue that structure. So exactly, that's, that's... And, and you know and that's frequency. Um, when I was in Wales a, a long time ago, I came across this Buddhist community, and there was a a Buddhist priest who was praying over water and everybody kind of gathered around to watch. And after a while, the water ripped and there wasn't any wind or anything to manipulate it. It just rippled and everybody was kind of amazed. And he stood up and he goes, think about this, that, that water moved just with focus and frequency, you know, being that we are made of mostly water, imagine the effect that we have over one another. And, it's right. He, he was dead on right. I mean, it wasn't Christian view, but he was right. Is that we have a major effect on one another. Frequency, negative energy, it's completely contagious. And when you focus on the negative, you tend to bring people there. But it's no different than going up and saying something kind, beautiful, and nice and giving someone a hug. You're going to change their frequency to be happy for the rest of the day. Anyone they come in contact with is going to share that same emotion. One of the greatest programming, deep programming things that they have done to humanity, and it's seriously impressive how successful they've been, is that they have brought the ability into people's minds, seeded the ability, or the, I should say the, pre, the propensity rather than ability, that when something is brought forward, if it's not what we desire, which is a human motion based on material world, we trigger to a negative response or a negative interpretation. It's phenomenal. So we tend to do, as a collective whole, we tend to look at things and then immediately we discern, we determine the negative. We do it within faith. We are not worthy. One of the greatest lies I think I've ever heard perpetuated in, in, in faith in the name of God, we are not worthy. And this is the negative because Christ died for us, we are not worthy. It's like, um, really trying to work that logic. You're very worthy. You, We understand we sin, but that's where they get it. It's right there. It's like, well, we sin. We're not worthy. Yes, you're worthy. You're worthy of all that God gave you. He's asking you to be humble. He's asking you to repent for your sins. He's sacrificed his son, however, because what? Because you were unworthy? Makes no logical sense. We 
We run a negative thread on almost everything we do because we like to beat ourselves down because we've been conditioned to believe that that's the way we have to exist. And that's the master programmers of this world. That's the puppet masters because they've gotten us to constantly go to this OODA loop of being negative. When you strip away the negativity and you go into the positive, which is the higher vibrations, the higher frequencies, and you jam that into prayer and now relate that into your relationship with God and Jesus, you are talking about earth-shaking type transformation. Oh, yeah. I mean, the evil in this world, they they eat our negative energy. They eat, what do they call it, loosh? Loosh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they thrive off of it, you know, so that's why they're trying to keep everyone in a perpetual state of fear, perpetual state of anxiety. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, with the symbolism, with everything that they put out there, your conscious brain might not recognize it, but your subconscious does. So whether you think something's affecting you or not, it absolutely is, which is why the danger of like television programming, sports and all of the deception they put out there is if you don't have that strong faith and that strong connection with God, you're going to get pulled right into it. And that's the importance of having that connection with God, is that it keeps you from being sucked into that that evil paradigm that they're constantly trying to keep us in. Yeah, it's like a living poltergeist almost, really. Yeah. It's, it's really pretty amazing. And, I, I'm, and again, this goes back to this piece that I keep saying, that, and it's not popular in view. And oh, wait a minute, you're going to hear these words, I don't care. Um, the the uh, whole principle is that we have so much accountability to the station that we are now in in this world. One of the things that I've considered, and I don't, this is surely just a like throwing spitballs on the wall on stuff as I look around. But one of the things that strikes me is how we've had a very a fairly recent uh, shaking up and craziness that evolved out of the world, a manifestation of insanity. And so on one level, we, we want to point to an outside force, which is demonic, which there is no question in my mind that there is a demonic element to this. But there's another part that we don't give enough credit to, I think. We have been in a process of awakening, which means we have been freeing ourselves from the negativity of framing of the matrix, which means that we are starting to deal with those negative emotions and we're watching a world starting to manifest and unravel. We're part of this problem. We're, we're intricately connected to the insanity around us. Some of it's our own fears. It's like being in a nightmare, right? And I don't know if you've ever worked with this, but if you've ever to get into a dream, to wake yourself up in the dream and take control of the dream, it's an exercise you can do. It's a phenomenal process because once you become self-aware in your dream that you're in the dream, you can now control the outcome of the dream. That's phenomenal. And I've done these exercises. So you, you can, as you start to look at the world, the question is, are we in a dream and being led into these places thinking that we're screaming and hollering or making all this noise? Or can we wake ourselves up truly and go, okay, enough is enough. And that's how I go back to where I started on this. We anchor ourselves with God. We put our love into Jesus, and we literally shut them off. If we stop participating in their nightmare that they're giving us, the thing changes instantly. I'm convinced of this. Oh, yeah. And we need to, to start learning and respecting the fact is that, you know, it's a gift that we're not just inorganic spirits, but we're organic, too. We have the ability to, to be both at one time. Evil and demons don't. They're purely organic, which is why they have to utilize people on this earth in order to possess so that they can have the organic experience. 
And that's, you know, another reason it's so important to have that connection with God is to not get sucked into that, to strengthen your soul, because the weaker your soul is, whether it be alcohol use, drug abuse or anything like that, these are things that that evil just grasp onto. And then you become a host. Yep. Well, this is a, a part of a piece I did with um, Dr. Lee Merritt the other day, which is. In, a, in the science of it, mimetics is a concept of creating mind viruses. Okay, that's something I've studied for a long time. However, I don't think it's mind viruses. I think it's mind parasites. It's the same concept, but a little different spin. They're seeding these ideas in us that then when they get the appropriate point, they trigger them and these parasitic ideas take over our thoughts and then control the way we see the world. In other words, when we're given eyes to see with God and we're literally walking purely with him, there's really not much out here that affects you. You can see through it and you can see through the clown show. But when you're in their world and you've allowed them to seed the mind parasites, once they trigger it, and they can trigger it with words, they can trigger it with visuals, it's easy. We then become consumed with a fear. This whole Chinese balloon thing, great example. I'm still reading this nonsense about, well, the Chinese are going to be delivering an uh, EMP and possibly nuclear weapons with a balloon. And I'm like, all right, this is dumb, like beyond dumb. Uh, we have hypersonic missiles, and you're worried about a balloon drifting on atmospheric waves as if we can't see it. We apparently, according to Space Force, can see something the size of a pinhead floating in the sky apparently, but we can't identify, shoot down and neutralize a balloon that's carrying a EMP that's going to wipe out all of North America. But see, this is the mind parasite because they've activated it and it's consumed the logic strain within our heads and people now literally can't see anything else but what's there. That's the mastery of their deep programming. And this is the what we've accepted. This is, again, our, our responsibility and accountability. We have accepted the contract to be programmed when we go into these visual domains that they control, like TV, like movies, like film. They own those visual domains. They're, and we're agreeing when we go in to say, please program me. That's essentially it. Yeah, and I, I, you know, you and I discussed this too, is that, you know, with the mind parasites, you know, it almost feels like that was the real reason that they were trying to make ivermectin so taboo. And all of the different things that we can take, which actually get rid of parasites. Right. That's one thing that's interesting about this cycles that we're in right now is that these cycles are exhausting these, these deep programmings. So we just went through three years of deep programming. People look at it. We were watching a cult. We're in a cult. We're living next to a cult. Both. I mean, we're, we're within the umbrella of a cult and we're living next to the cult members. And for the last three years, what we have witnessed is we stepped away from the cult and the cult did its thing. It was beautiful to watch in a certain sense, to watch how powerful that cult had held of them. But now as these cycles of fear have been going and going and going and they weren't able to get everyone and the knowledge and truth that was percolating out kept being forced in, the cult programming can't withstand the constant out the tax from outside. So in a sense, we just went through three years of cult deprogramming. We're heading into the fourth summer, by the way. Fourth, four summers of cult deprogramming. And now they're getting ready for the next big event because this is worn out. And it's not only has it worn out, it's 
it's leaving people so separated from their control that they're literally immune to that parasite anymore. And so now we're into next something new. And I, it'll be something like alien invasion. People are well primed for it. They're already dialing it up. People are like, oh, UFOs, they're coming. This is why they're doing it. Can't, the military is hiding UFOs. It's super technology. We're going to be seeing people come from outer space. I mean, this is all there. It's all being written right now. And yeah. this is why, and in my opinion, that was the one of the big motivations of this Chinese balloon event, the fake balloon attack, is because they got people to start looking up, pulling away yeah. from their computer screens and start looking up because they need them to look up for whatever's to come next to be ready and anxious. And people are dumping stuff on the web now. Like, did you see this little dot in the sky? I don't know what it is. Well, it was probably just one of our balloon satellites, but that's okay. But now they're totally, they've changed the focal point to where people's eyes now are looking at the sky, waiting for the next big event. Exactly. And where we were talking about the balloon last weekend, I'm just going to read you one little thing. This is from Brendan Dilly. Oh, yeah. And I saw loads of these today. Says, I want to make sure I have this right. Joe Biden and our military got embarrassed by a Chinese over a spy balloon. So a few days later, they spot a UFO over Alaska to avoid looking dumbasses like they did um, because they didn't shoot it down. Now Joe has kicked off an intergalactic, potentially world-ending war with an advanced civilization of aliens. And this, this I, I, like 75% of what I'm seeing right now is trying to call that thing an alien spacecraft. Right. So once again, getting our minds used to fake alien invasion. Oh, it's coming. It's on the script. It's coming. So this is going to be where the true walks, people that walk with Jesus are going to shine. It's going to be stunning. Because we're going to sit back and go, yeah, chill. Good. Which now brings us to the final point, which I know you've heard the previous show, Bart's Fest, grounding time, man. That's going to be straight up good. Yeah. So are you, you're going to be there? I will be at every event that you do, um, at the very least, uh, directing the shows and working on a documentary. To there you go. So th I hope you heard that, Patriot. The spiritual movement and the movement towards Christ. That's awesome. It's going to be good. Now, I, I think we need it because this is all the things we're talking about here are the exact reasons of why Bards Fest becomes so important because it gets grounded into the realities of where we are. I mean, this is something, again, here's a, one of these other little things I always find interesting. And and it happens with, a, Christians do this as much as anybody. It's like, I can't wait till I get out of here. I can't wait till I die and go in and go to heaven. It's like, yeah, but this is, this is going to be that new heaven. We've been told that in scripture. So why are we trying to run away? Why are we trying to run away from the place that God gave us dominion over? That's the part that I never get because this is glorious here. And right now is our time to shine. And so this is, to me, Barsfest has another dimension of meaning to it, which is like, we're here, we're in the now. Live and enjoy it. Be masterful of the environment that you're in. Be masterful of yourself. Be that, be that solid in your domain. And don't be running away. Face this. I mean, I, I tell you, I would love to be David. I'd be like, dude, I'm, I'm going to throw all five stones at once. I'm going to put every one of them in your damn head. I'd be right there. I'd be like racing up to get the sword and I'd chop off his head and probably more. You know, it's like, man, I, if I was Joshua, it'd be like, okay, uh, man, look, it's starting to fall. I wouldn't wait for the wall to fall. I'd be like, start climbing. It's, it's going. Let's get over the wall. Let's start chopping heads off. It'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I am thankful to those in Bard's Nation that keep, that keep me keep the rocks in my pocket. 
because there's not a day that I don't want to start chunking rocks. Um, you know, and we do need to fight. Like, this is the thing. On this earth, Jesus, God didn't want us to sit here in fear and work. He wanted us to, you know, focus on God, keep our feet in heaven, be loving, be joyful, and enjoy the time here. You know what I'm saying? Fight yep. for what we have here. Until the, until our feet leave this earth, we need to be doing something to protect this earth. Because, you know, it says in Scripture that Christ is going to come back and he's going to take us home. But it also says that nobody knows when that time is. So are we going to sit here for 20 years just waiting for Jesus to come home, or are we going to fight until Jesus brings us home? But this was the dominion given to man and to the mighty men of God. That's the part I keep coming back to. We were given dominion over this. Yeah. And that doesn't say anywhere you get to go to get a ticket out of here quick. You have a job to do. This is mission driven. It always has been. And I truly believe that there's a, if we really dig in, I don't think there's any question that we were dropped behind enemy lines with the full knowledge that this place was going to be a real pain in the rump to try to, to have to defend. But that was just it. God gave us all the directions and guidelines. He also gave us the consequence for not obeying him. We are his soldiers mm -hmm. on this ground, and we are intended to be here. We are expected yeah. to be here and to live robustly, fully, intensely, not to sit on the sidelines, not to sit waiting for when Jesus is going to come. None of that. That's that's like being, and I'm, I'm telling you this from a military point of view. I mean, if you sit back here and you're in the squad and you're like, okay, um, yeah, cool. I'm just going to wait until the reinforcements come, or I'm going to wait. You're going to get rolled up. And the reinforcements will still arrive, by the way. But you're rolled up. You're either dead or prisoner. And those two things don't end well for the sense of victory. And that's just it. There's no easy way out of this. It's because this is not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be an experience that shapes us for eternity. I would argue that if you were able to have a conversation with the angelic realm, there would be so much envy in a loving way of having the experience to live in these times that we are here and having an experience in the flesh of something most amazing. And they're at, they're there eager to be supportive and helpful if we'll just ask, but we have this amazing opportunity to live in one of the greatest moments in time. There should be nothing but wanting to dig in more, fight harder, go harder and be victorious for the kingdom, whatever that looks like in your life. But that's, Every day I get up, I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, good, let's go. We got more fight to do. And I wish I could make my days twice as long as they are. And when the day ends and I'm, I'm sitting here at the end of the day, I'm going, oh, man, I can't believe it. Already at the end of the day, I'm, I wish the day was twice as long. I have that much more to do each day. Each day, each day yeah. is just that much more energy. And I think that's one of the unfortunate byproducts of this like, take me away is we're not living in the moment to appreciate the gift that God has given us, which is absolutely profound. It is. I mean, just think about this. God could have put any one of us on this earth a thousand years ago, 700 years ago, 500 years ago, but he didn't. He chose every one of us listening to this show right now to be here at this moment, which means he knew that we were worthy and capable of doing what we need to on this earth. We're chosen to be here. That's brilliant. And you got to understand, like, if God chose us to be here, um, he asked us to have a relationship with him. He asked us to repent. You know, what we do here on this earth, we do because we love our Lord Almighty. But I feel it's kind of like 
you know, giving the God a finger when you're not doing right. what you need to be doing on this earth, why God put you here. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I mean, we, we have an obligation to be doing more. And I think this is where I'm going to kind of bring it to this point because this is where we're in this season now where we kind of begin this whole thing tonight. We're in this season of doing more. And if you're not feeling like you're doing more or you're being called to do more, I would encourage you to dig into your relationship with God because I will tell you, God is putting more on on my plate. I know he's putting more on your plate. And it's like, and it's a push to do more and more and more that we can this year. And it's it's not that he wants to overburden. He's he knows that we can. That's just mm-hmm. it. And he's and anybody right now, I'm finding that anybody that will listen is getting a call to do something big and more. And that's what I find amazing. You know, you take I go back to Rob and Jamie from uh, Aggie who are with Banners for Freedom, right? I mean, they are they're doing Banners for Freedom that hasn't stopped, and now on top of that, they're doing this tour that's been put on them to go through and remember they're homeschooling their kids too so they're putting the whole family in this rv and they're going to go across the country while they continue with banners for freedom to do rallies which is their their revival rallies and it's fantastic you know this is god's calling everybody that will be willing to step in and step in deep to do more right now and that's a significant piece because he knows that we can and it's part of us embracing the glory and beauty of the gift of living in the here and the now. Amen. Amen. That's the thing is that we need to, you know, find some strength in that, you know, and then realize one thing. And I hear this a lot from people. I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. Well, if God intended you to do it, you'd be doing it. But God has a purpose for you. And then some people feel like they don't have as an important of a job as other people do. And that's wrong. Because if you were to take a machine and remove one cog from that machine, the machine's going to break down. The machine no longer functions. That's how important each one of us are in this war. Oh, well said, man. It's just everybody's got a role. And it's like the, it's like that saying, not everybody can be a quarterback, but everybody has to be on the team to make the touchdown, right? That's just that simple. Yeah. You've got to be there. And the quarterback gets all the fame, but the quarterback doesn't survive unless he's got a strong line. He's got great running backs. He's got a great backfield. I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to survive otherwise. And that's, so there is no real sense of a single person that we're kind of programmed to believe there is, there isn't. Everybody in this fight is, is an, in an equal playing field with as much potential yes. to do as, as God, as you want to. God's not restraining anybody. So even if you're compelled to do something, you're like, and you start with a process to tell yourself you can't, you've been programmed by the matrix to tell yourself that. God's not using those words. You are. The can't issue comes from the matrix. The I can comes from God. I cannot without limit comes from God. And the great thing about Father is that when he's there, he wants us to run. And you know what? He knows we're going to stumble. But you know what else? He loves us infinitely, and he's going to be right there to pick us up. And the one thing he's waiting for us to always do is to step in and start because he can't guide us unless we're going. You can't guide somebody sitting in a chair. It's like land navigation course. You've got to get out and do it. You physically have to do it. And you know what? You might miss your mark, but how else are you going to learn to be better than if you're out there doing it? And the next time you do it, you're not going to miss your mark, but you're still going to get there. It's always that way. So we did a land nav course when I was in, and training and it was massive and we went, we literally got way I'm not talking little off course like we missed our whole vector and azimuth and we ended up like 5 miles in the mountains off course 
okay. We camped, we threw, pitched a tent, recalibrated, and went back out and did it again and got it right. But we never lost our, our point of what we were trying to achieve. God's so much like that. He's out here right now encouraging people to go. And I, for myself, I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of patience right now when I hear the I can't or I wish. Do it. Put it to prayer and do it. And if you say you wish, then start it. Because if it's not right, God will guide you. But he wants to see you move, and he needs you to move. And, if he, and it's not like he can keep going like, okay, Johnny, let me pick you up. Let me put you on your feet. Let me pat you on the butt. Let me give you encouragement. It's like, well, come on, you're my children. You're part of me. Be that way. Live that way. Walk that way. Be strong. Be mighty in the world. You are kingdom. You're representing kingdom. I think that's where we're, we're missing so much of it, and yet we need to be more of it right now. Exactly. You know, you're right. It's about movement. And remember that even learning is a form of movement. You know, there's a lot of things that I'm brushing up right now. I'm taking classes during the day just to pick up some more skills that may come in handy in the future. That's movement. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, sitting on your hands, being idle, devil, devil's going to use you as his tool. You know, this is why we need to be proactive. <laughs> yeah, he might use you for more than a tool, and you won't like it. You'll be squealing like a pig, I'll tell you right now. I ants at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, deliverance sight right there. It's like, ah, I don't want that. <laughs> It's horrible. Yeah, for built at that point. <laughs> no kidding, man. So that's good. Hey, Duncan, we're going to close with a prayer like we always do. You want to lead it tonight? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. All right, let's go. Everyone, please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you just immensely for everything that you blessed us with. Dear Lord, I know that these times are rough, but they're easier knowing you. Dear Lord, I know that the closer we get to you, the more the devil is going to try to intervene in our, our lives, and we're going to need that armor mended more every day, dear Lord. So allow us to repent daily. Allow us to mend our armor. Dear Lord, I ask that you give us the patience with others that you give with us. Dear Lord, if you had given up on me, I wouldn't be where I am. And many people are in the same boat. So I ask you, Lord, that you give us patience with those people that have turned their backs on us, that have spit in our faces, that have called us names, dear Lord, because even they can be turned around in your holy name. Dear Lord, don't let us focus on the numbers of people that we bring to you. Let us focus on one at a time, because one soul that we can lead to you is one soul that has a chance for heaven. Dear Lord, don't let us get caught up in the turmoil the fear. Let us unite with one another. Don't let us get caught up in this division that the world tries to put on us every day. Let us have the discernment and the patience, the love and the sincerity in our hearts and everything that we that we do. Dear Lord, if we don't know what our mission is, dear Lord, let us pray to you and find out what that mission is so we can start because we know that you never send us on any mission that we cannot complete. And you're going to be with us from the beginning through the mission and at the very, very end. And let us have faith in that. Let us never, ever forget. Dear Lord, let us unify with each other. Let us appreciate not only those things that we recognize daily, but those things that we take for granted. The fact that we can wake up, that we can breathe, that we can hug our moms, our dads, that we can pet our dogs and speak to our girlfriends. Dear Lord, those are things that we take for granted that we want to thank you for. We spend so much time asking you for things. Let us spend more time thanking you for things. Dear Lord, if we think that three times of prayer a day is enough, let us get on our knees and pray five more times. We can never, ever pray enough each day. And Heavenly Father, I know that you have a great plan for this earth and we have faith in you. So dear Lord, remove all doubt. Anytime that the devil tries to intervene and put doubts in our hearts and our heads, 
Let us rebuke him in the name of the Lord Almighty, O Lord. You have got the, all the power in the world, and you have given us domain over this earth. Dear Lord, let us stand up and fight. Let us be passive. Let us do it through information while we can. But dear Lord, if it comes time to pick up rocks, to whip whips, to flip tables, let us be ready for that day. Let us have the courage to fight for you. During scripture, multiple times this has happened. And we know that if we go up against 300 people with a million man army, if you don't have our backs, we could lose that war. But if we have 300 men in our army and we're fighting an army of a million if you have our backs and this is your will, we will win this war effortlessly. And I thank you for that, dear Lord. So never let us forget this. Dear Lord, let us remember that even ourselves, the ones that we love, the Christians, the ones that are bound together in your blood, we'll have disagreements because we're human. Let us get over our disagreements. Let us keep our focus on the true evil. Let us get stronger in our faith, stronger in our unity, dear Lord, so we are ready for anything that's coming to us on this earth. But Heavenly Father, more than anything, I just want to thank you for the love, the appreciation, and everything that you have given us, allowing us to have these platforms, whether it be making threads, putting people's threads out, making videos, doing podcasts, everything that you have blessed us with to serve you, dear Lord, let us embrace it with all that we have. Heavenly Father, you asked us to accept you into our hearts, which we have. You asked us to repent, which we will. But dear Lord, you didn't ask us to do much more. Let us do everything that we can for you because we love you, because we want to make you proud, just like our own dad, just like our own mother. You are the heavenly father, the father of fathers. And heavenly father, I am grateful that you have given us our lives experience, whether they be good or bad, dear Lord, and given us the testimonies which reach others and make them stronger, give them hope, knowing that the fruits that we bear inspire other people, not the words that we give. Dear Lord, thank you for all the blessings that you've given us today, for the blessings that you give us tomorrow. And tonight, dear Lord, I even want to thank you for the unanswered prayers. Dear Lord, we pray and we think we know what's best for us, but nobody knows what's best for us than you. So thank you for the prayers that you answer and those that you don't answer, because those are blessings in disguise. In our Heavenly Father's name, in Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Hey, Jesus, I just want to thank you for being here tonight. And this is just a, what a really chill type meeting, and we, we're blessed. We, we're very blessed with a, an amazing fellowship that's continued to grow, grow across this world. And just right now, Jesus, we're just really looking for the inspiration in a couple of things that you've left us with. One is that, behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Jesus, we just need to own that. We just ask that the continued courage not to doubt, but to really own those words and realize that for you to say that means that we can. Not that we can't, not that we're not worthy, but that we can. To really focus on the power and the gifts that you have been given and rest within us that sometimes we have yet to discover and more importantly, to believe. And so, Jesus, we also want to be reminded of other words that you left. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Jesus, if there's one area that I think that people don't truly trust in, it's these words here, that we could do greater works than he. You've told us we can, so we must. So, Jesus, we just ask that that true sense of authority settles into our heart, the true sense of what it is to walk within kingdom authority, to be part of you, to be part of heaven. 
and to be here on this earth, to truly give the true sense of power and glory of what we represent as we are created in the image of Father God. So let us own that and own it with great deal of humility and yet the, the mightiness that it represents, not to doubt, not to succumb to the pettiness of this world, but rather to walk in a much greater way, not to be pulled into the vortexes of hatred and the vortexes of petty little arguments and fights and the constant barrage of anxiety and fear, or worse, hatred and wanting to fight. We weren't intended for that walk, but we've accepted that walk, a contract with the devil. So Jesus is praying for the separation of that, for us to truly step away, to walk within that other path, that path that really calls us to be of a higher world, a higher place, and to use to literally rely on these verses to guide us, to realize that we are truly greater than we know. All we have to do is trust and to ask you to guide us. So guide us, Jesus, and we thank you for these times that we share. We thank you for the blessings shared upon us. We say these things in Christ's name, your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Duncan, it's been great having you on, man. It's been a blessing. And Farley, I just want to say God bless you. God bless everyone out there in the chat, Bards Nation, everyone that listens tomorrow. Bards Nation started off as one person and is now loads of shows, loads of people doing their job. We become a huge family. We united together. And this is all because of God. God's given us a place to reinvent church where the churches are being infiltrated by evil. God's given us an opportunity to have church in another way. And I'm grateful for that. That's very true. He's, the church is being revived through us, not through the temple. I think that's something very important to remember. And that's, I think, as a theme again, when we talk about Bards Fest, yet another one of those pieces that the church is within us and the church that we are reviving is within us because God is calling us. So, Thank you, Duncan. We'll talk soon, man. God bless. Amen. God bless. God bless you all. All right, Patriots. So that was our dear friend and brother, Duncan. And um, enjoyed having him on. It was a nice, nice conversation tonight. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you Sunday night. So until then or until the next time, have a great Saturday. Thank you. God bless. Good night. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body
Bye.